0: So, Sean, you mentioned kind of a few times, one, you, you did some uh, therapy, which I definitely want to hear more about that. I think that'd be a good thing to to talk through. But before we go there, you did mention you had to learn how to communicate. And I'm wondering, like practically, what were you doing differently? Because you were essentially alluding to you had what you were doing previously, Um, pre-kids is that it was fine but with with now your daughter life got more complicated there was more things you had to balance and so you you kind of said i'd really work on communicating so what were some of the practical things you were doing differently in communicating with i'm guessing with your wife i'm guessing with other people too but what were some of those things
1: um yeah i mean the big one was listening um Mm you know, listening to what they're saying, how they're saying it. And so that was the big one. Um, And then the other really big one was how I'm articulating myself. So again, when those emotions would build up, uh, when I was trying to communicate, I wasn't, and, and still working on it, I wasn't equipped to manage those emotions and and understand them instead of kind of let them just control me. Um, mm-hmm. So understanding those things um, helped me realize where I have some big gaps. So I'm far from perfect and far from having figured out, but mm-hmm. understanding that talking that through with my wife and her understanding like, Hey, I don't re I don't mean to do these, I don't, these things, I don't mean to interrupt or, you know, whatever it may be. Communicating that part helped our communication, just, you know, understanding the other person. So those were the two really big ones. And then the other one was just really trying to understand the other person's perspective, whether you agree with it, disagree with it, just trying to, uh, you know, truly understand it um, has been helpful and doesn't always work, but helpful. So those were, those were the big, big things those are big those are yeah.
0: significant, right uh learning to listen versus speaking like over time how would it be differently i guess if you weren't listening what were you doing differently
1: it was almost like i knew what she was going to say so not like i wasn't listening and again i'm using her as an example <laughs> but i kind of expected what she was going to say and i was listening to her but i wasn't really listening i was okay, like okay. oh i know what you're saying now here's what i'm going to say because that's how i feel versus mm. being like let me listen Digest, mm-hmm. understand, wow. and then communicate. So, you know, yeah. I, I just kind of label it as listening.
0: So you're listening, kind of knowing what she's saying, but you're you're just waiting to respond, essentially.
1: Right. Yeah. Exactly. And and
0: prove your point rather than I think what I'm hearing the change is and is. Now I'm actually listening to, seeking to understand, and which kind of goes in with the other thing you learn, her perspective. Whether I agree with it or not, whether I understand it or not, I'm really trying to understand her perspective, her needs, not just waiting for her to stop. And I'm not thinking about what I'm going to say next. I'm not thinking about my rebuttal, but I'm actually just being present to what she's saying, what she's needing, her perspective. Is that kind of...
1: Yeah, man, that's, that's, that's a great way to say it. Yeah. It's spot on.
0: Yeah. And how has that been for you doing that? I mean, you said it far from perfect. So how's it been doing that kind of practice? Yeah, it's, uh, it's been really good.
1: Um, mm-hmm. again, there's still times where, you know, we get, we get in the heat of, of talking about something, you know, and it could be like, just, you know, silly stuff, like our perspectives on irrelevant things. And, uh, you know, and we can get, get, you know, into it, mm. and uh, yeah, but now it's it's more. Almost every time I hit a point where I realize that I've like regressed, and I'm like, yeah. all right, reset. And mm. it doesn't always work, but oftentimes, again, I'm, I'm trying to be better. Is be like, hey, I'm mm. sorry, I wasn't doing what I'm trying to, to be better at. Mm. Let's kind of restart, which is a little uncomfortable, but we yeah. worked at it. My wife's really quite good at communicating. Um, so, you know, she's, she's patient with me, but it's, Mm. it's definitely become much better. And, Mm. um, yeah, it's, it's a big thing I'm just working on in all parts of my life It's just like, Hey, this isn't just important for my relationship. It's important that my daughter understands this stuff. It's Mm. important that I do this on a professional level, on a friend's level, just all around. It's just, Makes me a better person. So Mm. it's just something I'm working on overall. And yeah, my guess is it'll be a lifelong journey, but (laughs) at least I've, I've acknowledged it. So
0: yeah, yeah. No, that's a that is the first step is understanding and acknowledging and beginning to be aware of, oh, I'm doing that. I'm not listening. I mean, in my old way, I'm just, you know, reacting and essentially more about maybe my will or what I want to be done. And and not taking into account this other person, and it takes a, it takes a lot of intentionality, right? Of being aware of where am I right now in this moment? Am I am I actually engaging and active listening, or am I just waiting? And yeah, that that reset is so needed. And so internally, that reset is it just kind of a quick like acknowledgement to yourself of oh, going down the path, let me stop, and then you even say it out loud. Is that the reset, like the practical step of resetting for you? Yeah,
1: yeah, it's that's for for me. That's when I'll be like, you know what, I I need some time like Mm. just i'm sorry can we take a break because i'm i'm not going to like i need a reset and Mm. that's yeah it'll be you know having an internal dialogue whatever it might be and then generally to kind of reset be like i apologize i understand this is what i did it's not what i wanted to do please you know tell me again whatever we were talking about and let me kind of do it the way I want
0: to do it. That's awesome. Yeah. So. And it takes a lot of letting go of ego (laughs) admitting, like you said, it's a little hard to kind of say it to say, Hey, I'm going to take responsibility, but that, that takes a letting go of ego and humility and saying, yep, I'm off. And, that's a big step, and it's you know interesting. You mentioned that that's something you've been working on because when I, you know when I work with couples when they come in for couples therapy, that that's a big one that we tend to talk about is that that listening of because what happens is couples tend to not listen to each other. They're in their own head, their own pain, their own hurts, their own whatever, uh-huh. and they're not actually hearing that their other partner is also kind of in a similar spot but different. <laughs> Yes. and when we get them to actually begin to hear each other and like kind of what you're doing and what you're speaking to is literally not just hearing the words but actively listening to what's going on for my partner right now what are their needs what's their experience and when they begin to do that it like the whole dynamic of the relationship shifts because people aren't on the defensive anymore you know there's not an attack the anxiety is down because then people can be seen they could be heard and that's a big thing we teach in in couples therapies hey we gotta whether you agree with it or not it's not about agreeing with it it's about showing them that you care by listening so with that said i'm wondering what has been like one shift a positive shift you've seen from you know pre-active listening to kind of post
1: yeah uh the Biggest thing for me has been I've gotten a whole new perspective on how my wife thinks Mm. about everything. Um, So like stuff that we never really discussed because I just didn't think it was, you know, I didn't think she cared about this, whatever, whatever it might be. And now I'm just like, oh, like this. Now I understand this because Mm -hmm. I actually heard it out and now that makes me understand this. I'm like, oh, maybe this is important and maybe we should talk about this thing that I didn't think would matter, but maybe it does because I understand these other 10 things she talked about. So, yeah, it's just helped me really understand like what's going on with her versus what she's just telling me is going on with her, Mm -hmm. which is like, which is really quite nice. You know, it's like a different connection level. Mm -hmm. And the other thing is it's like when we're, like if we do get into a conflict of any sort it's allowed me to not be I don't know I wouldn't consider myself an angry person but not to be like angrier or mad but mm. but like um, I instantly like empathize with her in the situation like it's like this isn't my opponent in whatever we're doing it's like this is my partner this is like my my wife this is my everything yeah my remember teammate, that right, right. Yeah. yeah like we're not here to win this isn't your opponent this is like remember everything else yeah all those feelings like so mm. yeah that's that's kind of the big big
0: thing for me yeah i love that perspective it's not my opponent you know we're in this together and when we make when we make each other an opponent it gets rough right it gets yeah. really isolating that's how couples get stuck is when they in their own pain they make each other the opponent versus hey we're both struggling how do we hear each other and you know how do we as a team work together towards whatever it is we're dealing with, whether it's the kid crying at night or, you know, whatever it is, like what do we need to face here and, and how do mm-hmm. we align each other with, we're playing on the same team and how do we actually have the chemistry to play together? And I often give that analogy with people. It's like you could fight each other and just have poor chemistry and you're, you're going to lose your, your, team is going to lose. Um, because the other team, whoever that might be, is going to whomp you because you're, you have no chemistry. You're not working together you know, mm-hmm. you're going to just get hit and hit and hit. But if you start to work together and play different roles and know your roles are going to shift, that they're not always going to be the same thing, but they're going to move. And, you know, if you do that and communicate, then, you know, there's be hard times and difficult, but you're going to feel good about what you're doing. You're going to be have good chemistry and move, you know, move the ball or whatever, you know, whatever sport you're yeah. imagining, you're going to move it forward to the goalposts or the, you know, whatever it is that you're playing. Yeah. Um, or in your case, the... You know, the rings, the you know, house. Yeah. The house. Yeah. <laughs> Trying to <laughs> get to the center. Right. Yeah. Um, but that's but great. Yeah.
1: It's, uh, you know, I'll say this just because like when I listen to a podcast or something and I hear stuff like this, I'm like, Oh, that's cool. But like I bailed at this yesterday or whatever. And it's like, mm-hmm. man, we, I still suck at it sometimes. And like, yep. sometimes I make her my opponent for no apparent reason. And it could yep. be like, who knows what? Right. And mm-hmm. The fact that we've gone through it, though, allows us mm-hmm. to, whether it's in the moment or later, recognize it and then fix it versus yeah. just continually battling. So, yeah. I just, you know, that's the kind of stuff when I hear it, I'm like, OK, it's not all or nothing. Like, it's not like you flick a switch and all of a sudden everything's great. No. It's, it's ebbs and flows.
0: <laughs> well, so, you know, and I'm glad you said that and well said and, and you're right. It isn't it's not perfection. And I, and I think the part, the key thing you hit for me, the, and I I remind every client I work with, every couple I work with, and I remind myself of this because I'm not perfect and, I, and I'm and i a trained therapist. This is what I do for a living. And I tell people this every time I talk, even my clients and people on the podcast, I have my struggles. I mess up. I am not perfect. I have training and I have letters behind my name, but that does not mean I don't struggle. I just have the skills. And so sometimes I, I'm over hard on myself because I'm like, I know this. Like, I know this stuff. I'm trained in this. This is what I do. And I have to have grace on myself and remind myself, hey, I'm human. You have bad days. You have hard moments. But the key thing I want to highlight for you, and, and it's so beautifully said, is that, and I tell couples this, and I say, hey, what is the difference between a healthy, long-lasting couple and an unhealthy couple? I ask them, is it the absence of conflict? And often they stare at me, and sometimes they say yes. Like, you no, know, some people have that vision of, like, no, there's no conflict. And other people say, "Yo, know, there's conflict but they don't know what the next step is and i'm like okay you're right there's healthy couples have conflict healthy couples have disagreements healthy healthy couples miss each other and have bad moments the difference is and you you said this is they re, they repair essentially they come back and they fix it they recognize what they did wrong. They take ownership, which is what you said, working on that kind of e- letting go of the ego, the humility, saying, Hey, honey, your partner, whatever. You know what? I was, I was not listening. And they repair and they heal and they take responsibility and they don't stay stuck in the kind of blame game, but they say, Let's reset. I'm sorry for doing this. And I was off. And they repair and they heal, and that's the difference that makes a healthy, long-lasting couple. Really, I mean, there's more things, but that's a that's a significant mm-hmm. thing: is is the ability to own your mistakes, to own your moves, take responsibility, and to heal and to reek and kind of bridge that, you know, that rift. Because when we have conflict, we kind of do this, right? We kind of pull apart a bit, we kind of re heal and kind of bridge it together. So I'm so glad you said that because it is so important that people hear that. Because you're right, people hear podcasts, they hear, or they see a post and like, oh because it it, be, it become it can become a very black and white thing. It's mm-hmm. like, "Oh, well, that's just I can never do that because I mess <laughs> up every 5 seconds." It's like, "No, exactly. it's not. We all mess up. We all have bad moments. It's what you do when the bad moment comes." Totally. 100%. So, I'm glad you, I'm glad you said that, Sean. Thank you. And so with with that said, I'm wondering, you know, as we kind of shift to kind of the end of this, what is when you think of mental health, how does Sean Take care of his mental health. What does that mean to Sean? What does he do?
1: Yeah, so we were talking, yeah, in the green room as you <laughs> mentioned about being mm-hmm. being younger souls, right? <laughs> <laughs> yes. And uh, mental health was just not something I really thought about ever. Mm. Um, and looking back, I'm like, man, I wish I did because there were so many times where it would have been helpful. But all that is that just, something
0: because the family family just didn't talk about it. Parents didn't talk um, about it. It wasn't just part of the yeah, conversation. It or?
1: was. Yeah. Like mental health as it's discussed now, wasn't really talked about like in our family. Um, that being said, it wasn't ignored. Like, you know, it was like, Hey, you seem down. Are you okay? you want to talk about it? Like Mm -hmm. that kind of stuff happened, but it wasn't, Mm -hmm. wasn't so tangible as it is now when we talk about mental health. So that's, I think a big part of it. And I think, um, you know, the, the ingrained toxic masculinity, which I've learned so much about, you know, in the last several years of like, just suck it up, man. Like you don't feel yeah. good. You're having a bad day, whatever, like just no one cares, get through it. Yeah. So I think it was just a lot of that. Um, and again, my wife, Rini is like, opened me up to a lot of this stuff where, you know, she's talked about mental health and these things and I'm like, I don't totally get it. And Hmm. whatever do your thing i'm not going to write in a journal because i don't see the benefit in that as an example mm-hmm. but as i learned more and more about it i realized like oh you know what i just tend to do some things that help with my mental health and now yeah. that i understand that i try and do it a little more actively so for mm. for me now is like uh i hated running my entire life but now like i love running it's yeah. like time to myself in my head, doing something difficult that just like makes my brain work in a different way to just think about, okay. think about whatever's on my mind, maybe not solve it, but come to grips with it. And mm. I find that very helpful for me. Um, yeah. I'm still not a writing a journal guy. Um, but that's okay. You don't have yeah. to be, <laughs> you don't it's, have to be. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's running. It's having like, uh, having just a good night with one of, one of my close friends, just talking
0: through life. Um, so kind of opening up about something and being open and vulnerable and real with it. hundred percent. And then, you know, yeah,
1: a lot of it has to do with just alone time for myself, um, Mm -hmm. like working on a car, just times where I'm focused on a task that I'm capable of doing. So I'm not you know, hyper focused on each individual step, but I'm focused on the task and my brain kind of switches gears to a sense. And I, I really get a lot of clarity and mm. I can kind of center myself, I guess, would you, yeah. maybe you'd say, and I know there's a lot more I can be doing for my mental health because there's still lots of, lots of gaps for me. Like I still, mm. you know, I still let it slide sometimes. Um, and I see the repercussions of that when I do, but I'm getting better and it's, yeah, running is a big one for me. Yeah. And then just doing, you know, a few of those key yeah. things, working on the car, stuff like that. Just talking Just to me time, talking yeah. to friends, you
0: know. I often encourage people to journal because <laughs> yeah. that's, that's my yeah. shtick. But I also tell people, hey, you got to do what works for you. Because the thing I heard you say from my perspective, yes, as a dad, but also like as a therapist, is that what I'm hearing you do though, in your running and also with your friend, or even working on your car is that you, you kind of said it. Your you, your brain like shifts gears, and you're actually processing and thinking about whatever it is that's going on. You're actually in engaged in it and processing in it as you run. You're kind of thinking through it, and you're also you know doing other good things, releasing you know endorphins and stress hormones, which is also really good for your body too. So it's kind of a holistic moment of you're running and doing that, and you're processing in your head and able to think about whatever's bothering you, or maybe an argument you just had with your wife, and saying, okay, maybe I need to go back and. I might need to restate it with her or take responsibility because you're processing or, you know, when you're talking with a buddy, you're actually talking to a buddy and being open and raw with whatever something's bothering you. And so you have, that sounds like a really good authentic safe relationship Mm -hmm. and not just shooting the breeze, but what you do, but also the balance of, Oh, but I can also talk to this guy or whatever friend and be real about maybe something's bothering me and not just, you know, pretend, you know, like you alluded to the toxic masculinity which is really that kind of un- it's really the unhealthy immature masculinity right it's yeah. the it's the negation of the a whole other piece the you know of men and and, mas- and you know masculinity is that negation you're really engaging that other side and so you are doing the work you're engaging it you're you're asking yourself the questions and it sounds like for you those spaces like alone on a run or working in your car is a space that provides that for you okay, you're not writing it down, but you're mentally journaling it. Think about it. You're mentally, you know, reviewing your day or reviewing the worries or review, you know, reviewing whatever, and you're going through it. You may not always have a solution, but at least you're thinking about it and processing it. And so that's, that's what I'm hearing. So you're actually, you're not avoiding it. You're engaging it.
1: Yeah, absolutely. You're so good at putting it into good words, but yeah, that's, (laughs) uh, that's it, man. It's, um, and, and it's funny, I I have journaled in the past. And the reason I don't like it, which is yeah. actually, I think why it's truly effective is while I'm writing it, I'm very into it. I'm like, this is, this is groundbreaking stuff. It, yeah. And then I read it like two days later. I'm like, this is so embarrassing. Yeah. <laughs> um, so like, I don't like it.
0: <laughs> yeah. That's, that's actually the one thing I like about journaling those. And I always tell people this because it's often a catalog. You get to review it and you know, sometimes you look back, you're like, what yeah. was I thinking? In general, our memories tend to be pretty poor <laughs> about things, mm-hmm. especially, I, I don't know about you, but ever since having children, I, I mean, dad brain is a thing. <laughs> that is. It is bad, man. It is like, it's like full effect. Like, I don't even know if I get why, you know, I'm terrified of when number three comes. If it's just, I don't know if it just gets worse with each child. I don't know. I hope not because uh-huh. man, I just, I, sometimes I walk out I'm like, I have no idea what, I don't even know I'm doing here. Like, I just, yeah. I have no idea. Um, what I always encourage people is because they can see like this, 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 this like perspective of their life. And sometimes something can seem so like a big deal. You know, and then a week later, or a month later, or six months later, your perspective shifts like, man, that was looking back now, that was it really wasn't that big of a deal. But for whatever reason, that that in that moment, it felt like it, it was like it's so it, it was, yes. Right? And, yep. uh, but something I do like about actually written form again, not, not that I'm trying to convince you to do this, but. <laughs> It's also because you could like catalog, you could like catalog your your victories and your successes and your achievements, and to see or and also to see your growth, like where you were maybe before you started actively sitting, yeah. and to see, I was I'm so different now, and to and to see that change and remind yourself of the growth of, hey, I have my hard moments, but man, look at the times I do well, look at the things I've done great, look at the ways I've changed and grown and shifted my thinking and my behaviors and my ways of being. And it's sometimes cool to see that. So, again, I'm not trying to convince you, but yeah, no,
1: no, you're good.
0: There's a <laughs> there's a reason a journal, Sean. Uh, <laughs> oh man, so but fun. but again, I think what you do, you know, to reiterate what you're doing is is this key and important. You know, as a man, as a father, to. Engage with those stressful things about yourself, the things you're working on, whether it's in your head when you're tinkering on a car or on a run, or whether you journal or whether you, you know, talk yourself out loud or whatever. But I think the key is is engaging yourself and actually how am I how's Sean doing? You know? Mm-hmm. How is Sean actually doing right now? <laughs> you know, how how is he doing with balancing all this stuff? Like you said earlier at the almost the beginning of the show, it's like you the one difficulty. Of becoming a di- a dad and a father was balancing and juggling all these balls and plates like what you know what do i do here yep. and and how quickly that can tumble if we don't ask ourselves if we don't check in if we don't say how am i actually doing here yeah so i i, I think what you're doing is great so keep doing it
1: yeah no yeah. it's uh again it's fairly new for me but it's uh it's made a difference like it's yeah. it, it makes a difference burnout at work gets talked about a lot but like not checking in on yourself not doing these things like that's just like burnout in life like you just kind of burn out on all things you know
0: mm-hmm. often it's because you no know, people just keep going they don't stop to actually essentially you know for lack of analogy look in the mirror yeah and acknowledge i have a gaping wound on my arm and i haven't I haven't even <laughs> i haven't you know i haven't dressed it and yep. I, I it hasn't been functioning because it's like it's you know it's been bleeding out and I've been functioning with one arm, you know, emotionally yeah. or mentally. And I'm like, you gotta take care of that. Like that's important. You need that arm. <laughs> you need that body part. You know, you yeah. need to you need to rest. And because people just drive, you know, they don't ever they never go on a run and talk to themselves. How am I actually doing it? They just kind of mm-hmm. stay distracted, right? Yeah. Yeah. Just keep um, busy. They keep busy. And busyness is a form of it's coping, man. And in some places, it's, it's you know, applauded, you know, especially with work. Hey, some some jobs will applaud that. Oh, you're busy? Great. You're producing? Great. Don't worry about it. But then behind the door, you know, the person's suffering. So so I'm wondering, you know, the last and final closeout question. And your daughter's, you know, going to hit a year real soon. And so thinking about her now and thinking about her, you know, 20 years from now, above all else, what is the, the one thing that you want her to know? Oh. <sighs> Man, only one? Yeah, just one. Yeah. I mean, you can have more. I'll let you cheat, but I'll let you cheat. No. I'll,
1: I'll um, let you cheat. <laughs> yeah, there's so many, but I think uh, think number one, she is loved and supported no matter what. Like mm. No matter what situation in the world, life, whatever is going on, she will be loved and supported equally throughout. So if I had to narrow it down to one, it would be that.
0: You yeah. could have a second one too if you want.
1: second one is I just want her to be a uh, strong, powerful female.
0: Awesome. So that she's loved and supported above all else. Yeah. And you know, that one
1: just is big to me because I think I never want her to feel like she needs to accomplish or do any specific Mm -hmm. thing to feel supported and loved. It's Mm -hmm. like whether I agree, disagree, happy, unhappy, my love and support will never waver. Like Mm -hmm. I'm not here for that. I'm here to just love and support you. Yeah. And I just, I'd never want them. I never want her to ever feel like what she's doing is going to change
0: that. I think that's so important. Yeah. Yeah. Like her achievements. She she doesn't have to achieve anything. Doesn't have Uh. to produce anything. Doesn't have to get a certain grade on a test. It's like, no, I, regardless, I love and support you. Yeah. Yeah. And with that love and support, just to go a little deeper, um, does that also include um, within that love and support? Does it also mean at times you might challenge her?
1: yeah yeah of course um yeah love and support in my mind isn't like hey everything's great no matter what it's like yeah. hey you know let's talk through this like how what do you why why are you doing this like walk me through it you know let me push back here it doesn't change how i you know feel about you but support isn't just a, a pat on the back Support's somebody pushing you challenging mm. you making you think different ways to to be confident in your opinion so yeah. yeah, it's not as simple as, you know, being a cheerleader, but yeah. it's, I think if you can set, you know, dad for 11 months, I got the stuff figured out, but <laughs> hey, <laughs> it's a star. <laughs> if you can, uh, I think if you can make them feel like, okay, no matter what, I'm always going to get this, yeah. then having that conversation of, you know, challenging these type of things, these conversations can happen without them feeling like, oh, they don't <laughs> love me as much because they're challenging me or. They don't mm. support me because they're questioning. Right. So I think, you know, yeah. if you kind of set that, it opens yeah. up this whole yeah. communication path to, to like having a really cool relationship. So that's, right. that's the big thing. And that's what I'm, you know, hoping and striving for.
0: I, I thank you for the clarification going there. And I always like to ask people when they say, you know, love, what do you mean by like, cause, you know, what do you actually mean by love? Mm-hmm. And that love, what I'm hearing for you is at the core is that, you no, know, I'm I'm your dad and I'll be there no matter what and love is really wanting the best for you. And sometimes the best for you is that I might push a bit and challenge your thinking, but it doesn't change my care in wanting the best for you. That And my support is not just that hurrah cheerleader, but right. that support is to, because I care, to maybe call you out, challenge you a bit, make you think. But regardless, it still doesn't change that fact that I will always be your dad, I'll always be there, I'll always show up as your support system. So that, I mean, what a... I mean, that's just like, I think that's what we all want. I mean, that's what yeah. I want for my kids. It's like I want my kids to know the same thing, love and support. And I'm also part of this. I want, to, I want to challenge you to be the best version of yourself. I want you to be a strong, you know, you said, you know, strong, powerful woman. I want boys to be strong in not just the typical masculine sense, but yeah, I want but... them to be strong emotionally, strong mentally. I want them totally. to like be holistic men that make the world a better place. I want the yes. same thing. And I'm going to call them out if they're not. But it doesn't change. I don't love them. Just because they call them out. Like yeah. those go hand in hand, right? That's right.
1: Yeah. <laughs> that real Absolutely. friends,
0: real friends will cry with you when you cry. And they'll they'll rejoice in your joy, and they'll challenge you when they know you're off the beaten path. I mean, that's mm-hmm. a true friend, right? And that's that's what I'm hearing from you. So I think your daughter's in good hands, and she's going to be a year. So yeah, big milestone. big milestone. Sean, I appreciate you coming on and talk on therapy for dads and i'm going to link your 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 instagram account on here as, as well um i believe it's own it dad right at own, own it, it dad, dad. Yeah, yeah at own it dad so i'll link it and for everyone to follow follow you and and have a wonderful blessed night in canada and uh we'll have to have you on again so talk to you soon. yeah man.
1: thanks my man this was uh this was awesome this was great time
0: yeah dude see ya Thanks for joining and listening today. Please leave a comment and review the show. Dads are tough, but not tough enough to do this fatherhood thing alone.